Welcome to episode 39 of the Tough Draw Talks podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hughes. Appreciate you being along for the ride. Today we are coming to you from Fort Worth, Texas during the PBR World Finals in 2023. We are down in the historic stockyards at the Brand Room, where if you're looking for an authentic Western experience and some of the best foods you can find, you will find it here. We also want to take a moment to recognize our presenting sponsor of the podcast for 2023, the Lane Frost brand. We appreciate everything Stetson and the Frost family has done for us here at Tough Draw and are thankful to have them in our corner. Be sure and visit lanefrost.com for some amazing hats, shirts, and everything Lane Frost. Use our code TDT15 for a discount on your purchase. We have had several repeat customers of the podcast this week during the World Finals, but I'm extremely excited to have this West Texas Cowboy joining us again. He was the 2019 Rookie of the Year in the PBR and is currently in the race for this year's world title. He was victorious in four UTB events this year alone and is definitely one of my favorite guys going up and down the road today, Dalton Castle. Dalton, how's it going, man? I'm doing good. How are you? Man, I'm doing all right. We've, we've been working hard to get this one scheduled and going this week, so I'm excited to sit down with you and just kind of go through a bunch of different topics since we last talked because a lot's changed in your life and, and ours, so I'm excited to dive right in. We did some icebreakers with you back on episode 14, but we have come up with some new quick ones that I want to toss at you. You ready? I think so. Let's <laughs> see what you got. All right. So... What's your go-to drink or coffee order? Go-to drink or coffee order? Yeah. Um, I'm a sweet tea kind of guy. There you go. Uh, I'm not a big coffee drinker. Okay. I, uh, yeah, no. It'd be sweet tea or Dr. Pepper or root beer or something. Uh, Heck yeah. kind of my go-to. Heck yeah. All right. So we, we actually talked about this earlier. Before, before we started, you yawned. And you were saying that when you're behind the bucking shoots, if you're yawning, you know you're relaxed. But... uh. What are some pre-ride rituals or superstitions or things that you might do before you get on? Oh, shoot. I'm not very superstitious about anything. I, uh, <laughs> it's, I don't have, I'm not consistent about anything. I change it up each and every time just because yeah. I'm not one of those that can really stick to a routine very well. So mm-hmm. it doesn't work out <laughs> for me. So it's just a little bit of everything. Awesome. Awesome. All right. This one, this one is open for interpretation and debate. But who's your favorite superhero? Favorite superhero? <laughs> yeah. Oh. So I didn't really watch very much TV and stuff. Yeah. Up. I didn't watch very many movies. Uh, okay. But if I guess I had to pick one, be Superman. Superman. Uh, that just sounds fitting. <laughs> it sounds fitting. Yeah. Put the S on the chest, right? Um, all right. Who is a person in your life that inspires you? Uh, probably would have to go with my dad. Uh, just, uh, he's taught me how to be a dad, a, uh, man of God, um, a husband, uh, and that's been really important and that's what's in my life right now is I have a family and stuff, so I'd have to go with my dad. Look at you giving the lead in for something we're about to dive into, but one more question before we get going. All right, so you don't. You may not have kind of a pregame ritual or anything like that, but if you're on your way to an event, what's your go-to music choice or song or anything like that, or do you have anything that kind of gets you pumped up? Uh, I'm kind of a rap music kind of guy. Oh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't necessarily have a song 
right now I'm hooked on gangster rap made me do it. So <laughs> I mean, uh, that's kind of right now where I'm at. But yeah. Uh, yeah, rap music probably. Heck yeah. So you just, you know, look at you on a podcast kind of tipping tipping the scales and leaning us into our next topic but biggest thing so since our last visit and you just kind of alluded to it you've become a dad and a husband all since the last time we sat down so talk to me a little bit about in your life like you alluded to how important your dad has been for you in that kind of role and with this new path but what does it mean to you to be a father and a husband oh you know it's uh you know, I didn't realize with being a father that you could love something so much yeah. until my little girl was here. And I didn't realize how much you could care about an, another person as I care about with, like, my wife and my daughter. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it's unreal. And it's something that, you know, I, I love bull riding and I love the sport and stuff, but... I love my family more, yeah. and it's not anything that I would ever, you know, think of. Yeah. Like, I, I, I couldn't put it in words that, that this is what it'd be like. Yeah, the crazy thing, you hear, you hear unconditional love. You hear that, you read the Bible, you read scripture, different things like that, and it's like you, it's so crazy when you find the, your person in life, your wife, but then also when, the, when your ch- first child's born and just that, that real that really starts to sink in doesn't it oh yeah for sure it's uh you know like everybody said you know unconditional love and this that and i didn't really get that full understanding until i did have my daughter yeah so last time on the podcast and even in the short film we've talked a lot about your relationship with riley sanford and his family as well what you know now that you've experienced kind of your own family and stuff, when you reflect and think about your relationship with Riley and how important that's been for both of y'all, and now that you're, you have a family of your own, when you think about the dynamic you have with Riley, how important is that to you and how much more does it mean now that you kind of fully grasp what it means to be kind of brought into a family like that? You know, it's uh, something like I didn't have a full understanding of at first. Yeah. Uh, like, I knew that he loved his kids, he loved his wife and stuff, but I didn't realize how much you could love, you know, your family and yeah. your wife and your kids. And uh, anyways, it's been amazing because Riley and I are still best friends and okay. uh, our kids are growing up together and they see each other every day. And That's cool. I, my daughter, she'll be screaming and having a fit in the middle of the night saying she wants to go play with Troop or Bonnie <laughs> or May May, you yeah. know, uh, the, those are her friends. And uh, it's been really fun because we've been able to grow, raise our kids together somewhat yeah. as of now. And uh, they uh, they love each other. And uh, it's neat seeing where Riley's and I's relationship has been in the past and stuff. Yeah. And now I get to do the family side of it with yeah. them now. That's that's so awesome, man. You know, so that's personally that's been such a big deal and a big change for you throughout this time. But then another another big component that's changed since the last time we talked is the PBR teams. Um, in the inaugural draft, I was there that night at Texas Live. You were drafted in the first round by the Kansas City Outlaws. You know, 
talk a little bit about your expectations or your thoughts going into the teams and then kind of what what have been some of the good or the positive things that maybe either you didn't even know would would be there or some of the things that you learned kind of as you were going you know i uh i didn't really quite know what to think of the team deal you yeah. know bull riding it's always been individual i've always done it as an individual sport besides being on the global cup team yeah. which uh was amazing and uh anyway so i had a I guess a little bit of hope that it was going to bring the same feel and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, like you said, I got drafted to the Kansas City Outlaws first round, and uh, yeah. anyways, I didn't I didn't know what to think. I wasn't excited. I wasn't, uh, you know, irritated about it. Kind of just ready I, to I go just, to work. <laughs> I just kind of was in it and ready to see what you know the PVR teams had to offer and. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really know what to go. I was going in blind, and yeah, we were just rocking and rolling with yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, everybody was kind of at that, and like you were one of those guys that at least had been a part of a global cup team, so you had gotten to compete in that format before. Um, but when you know, once it did get started, just the team dynamic in general, like you know, drafted to the Outlaws, competing there in Cheyenne at the first one of the first events and stuff like that. What? How did that feel, and what did that look like for y'all? Um, what did you think about it just right off the get, right off the bat once you got going? Uh, you know, it was uh, one of those things. We started out. We went to uh, Bismarck for a uh, called it a preseason yeah. deal, and uh, anyways, I was like, dang, this was actually pretty fun. Yeah. And then we were going to Cheyenne, and we had a uh, shuttle bus and stuff, and we all rode together, and we. Uh, I was like, damn, yeah, I can get used to this. <laughs> Usually I'm in an over on the way to the event or, you know, we're stacked six people deep in a four-person car trying yeah. to get to the event. And uh, anyways, rolling in Cheyenne, I was uh, pumped and stuff. And yeah. uh, I was like, I was like, maybe this is going to be all right. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a new thing. And, you know, I, I've been – one that has always been excited about at least seeing the prospects of where this could go because again you know with my with my feelings um you know with the sport itself like i do believe that it can be one of those major american sports because it is so exciting and it does draw such a diverse audience and fan base um you know thinking about just the dynamics of a city or a team like being on in kansas city or like doing a home event different things like that what were you kind of noticing with the fan base and how um you know how that played out during the teams did you feel like the fan base was a little different and it felt more like localized or what did you what were, what did you notice oh yeah so like uh one cheyenne was the first uh event that we went to and then I believe it was either Anaheim or we went to the home state, Kansas City. Yeah. And uh, anyways, I remember at Kansas City, um, we got there and they were doing intros and stuff, and all the fans were booing for the opposing teams. <laughs> and, I, and it was a pretty eerie feeling, and, yeah. it was, and it felt awesome that you realized that, you know, that fan base had – their home teams back yeah and uh it was a feeling that you know you don't get in the individual season you get people that are uh 
you know, fans of certain people, yeah. X, Y, and Z. And, but they don't necessarily boo against they, other they're people. They're not going to be booing against yeah. somebody else, you know. Yeah, and so absolutely. It, it's pretty neat. And yeah. uh, it was kind of also one of those things like, dang, what's going to happen whenever we go to some other place? Like, are we going to get booed? or? <laughs> Did you? Uh, maybe. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think when we went to Missouri to uh, – Oh, Not yeah, Kansas that big City, outdoor Missouri, arena think, thing. Yeah, when yeah. we went to Missouri Thunders yeah. uh, over there, I, I think we ended up getting booed uh, <laughs> because, yeah. you know, two Missouri teams going head-in-head. Head. Yeah. No, that's cool. That's cool. So, so, you know, the teams got kicked off. You were with the Outlaws. And during the season, you got traded. Um, you know, it's funny because I know you're good buddies with Mason. And I was talking to Mason about how he's been such a part – like he's been a part of two of the biggest trades. The only other one that was real big was you when you got traded for a first-round pick and went to Austin. Now, I know back at that time Justin Felisco had put out some articles and stuff kind of about how all that kind of went down. But, you know, can you talk to us a little, a little bit just about the trade and then what, what ended up happening, what your mindset was kind of going through that. Because I know, you know, I, I commend you a lot because everything that I read and talked to people and Justin and I even visited with you about it, like what you did was definitely the right thing. Like you gave, you know, you gave a team a heads up. You told them, you know, this is what I would like to be making moving forward, but that I'll write out for you and stuff like that. But if you would just kind of step us through those dynamics and, and how, you know, with it being such a new thing, uh, you know, what was kind of going through your mind? Yeah, so it was one of those deals. Uh, I uh, I was very thankful being with Kansas City Outlaws, and I enjoyed being on their team and stuff. Um, but we could just never agree on a contract. Yeah. Uh, and I, that's no secret to anybody. It's nope. uh, something that I've shared and anybody will say. And uh, we couldn't really agree on a contract and stuff. And uh so for their best interest and my best interest was just go ahead and you know have them releasing me and trading with uh with austin gamblers yep and um it was something that worked good for both sides you know Absolutely. they got something out of yep. it and i got something out of it and if they would have waited you know and i became a free agent then they wouldn't have gotten anything out of it and I'd be the only one benefiting. Yeah. And so I think it was a really smart call on both sides that, you know, if we if we just do this now, then we can both benefit and we're just going to try to make each other stronger. And Absolutely. Uh, even if you are our competitor, that's yeah. one thing about bull riding. Everybody's pushing for the next person to be better. And so I think that's what's cool about the PBR teams is, uh, yeah, you might be – you know, getting a, you think you're getting the better deal, but it's also helping the other team get a better deal, and it just makes y'all stronger competitors against each other, and makes it a lot more interesting when it comes time to playing head to head. Absolutely, no, I think it. You know, I I have uh, the way you're describing it is exact exactly right. You know, like in other major American sports, that's not necessarily the case that's like deals aren't kind of agreed to amicably about like hey we're not going to reach an agreement i'll ride for y'all the rest of the year but you kind of have this you you're risking 
that I'm, you're going to lose me for nothing. And I'm willing right now to communicate with you that, you know, since we're not reaching an agreement, it was really smart on your part. And I think it was very admirable for, like you're saying, for all parties, you know? And so, you know, you just alluded to this about kind of the dynamic of wanting to make each other better and how bull riding is when it comes to, um, you're not necessarily cheering against other people. It's more of, uh, it's more of just, you want everyone to succeed because it is such a dangerous sport. And, you know, it's my next topic was actually about the individualism of bull riding versus the team thing. And I think you're kind of already alluding to it a little bit, but like, you know, is it's, is the mentality when you're on a team still the same? Do you focus on like, I have to do my job, you know, versus, um, you know, versus it feeling completely different. You know, I think uh, some people do and some people don't. Uh, I personally, I uh, look at it the same in the sense of I have to ride my bull to, you know, like get a score, which in the long run is going to help the team. Yeah. But it all boils down to you still have to do your job and dance with your partner, which is the bull. And uh, that, and then all the numbers will just play in factor and it, everything will lay in place how it needs to be. Yeah. But really, it's the same concept, you know, one guy versus bull against another guy versus bull and yeah. best man win. But this time you have five people that you're doing it with and they all have the same mentality. And sometimes, you know, it's like, dang, I – uh you know, I I bucked off my bull, and our team lost because I bucked off. Yeah. And so the next day you go, and you ride your bull, and let's say your whole team bucks off. It's one of those you can keep keep you can still keep your confidence because your job was to ride your bull, yeah. and so you rode your bull and did your job. Just sometimes, you know, it didn't work out for your other team yeah. members, and so I think uh, it's something that you can build yourself on and if you buck off your bull and your other team members ride good then you know you win the game then your confidence is still boosted because y'all still you know got to win and you're still getting paid do you feel like do you feel like it even boosts you a little okay so let's take the scenario you just gave of um you know say you ride your bull and the rest of your team bucks off so you lose the game does it you know you still did your job so your confidence in yourself is still there. Does it does it even give it a little bit more of a boost when your team wins that day? Like, does your confidence even go up because it's like I contributed to a win? Or, or does your mentality, and obviously this is different for everybody, but speaking specifically to you, does your, does your confidence even go up a little more? Or does it just always kind of stay the same because you have a job to do and that's your focus? Uh, I think it's one of those that uh, it's always going to go up a little bit more when you win because mm-hmm. I like winning. And um, winning against your bull is a great accomplishment. But then when you your team wins because you won on your bull, then there you go. You know, that's yeah. just like you, you won twice right there yeah. one time. And so it, it, I think it helps build your confidence a little bit more. Yeah. in that sense so speaking of confidence you mentioned you know the trade that happened and that it was good for all parties 
Um, what does your confidence feel like when you and Jose on the Austin Gamblers are basically battling it out for who can get a higher 90 point ride? <laughs> like, what does that do for mm. you? Being in, being in the same locker room with him and a guy like Michael Gaffney, who's your coach, and, you know, some of the other guys on your team, some of the younger guys, Austin Richardson, Zeke, guys like that. What are, what does that do to your mentality and your confidence, especially being right there at the same tier with Jose? Uh, you know, it's been, I think, one of the best things for me because yeah. uh, Jose and I have been uh, kind of became a little bit better friends. We, yeah. We're not just, you know, best of friends or anything, but yeah. – uh, Anyway, so now we talk a little crap to each other, and uh, <laughs> we we just try to one up each other, and uh, it's fun because we be in the team season, and uh, we'll be joking around, and be like, "Well, you bucked off this bull. I bet I can ride him. So let me have him." <laughs> and he's like, "Well, you didn't ride this one either." And so it's kind of just a fun competitive deal, and yeah. uh, I think it makes the Austin Gamblers such a good team because we are both competitors and we're both trying to trying to outdo each other yeah. as if it was an individual deal and i think that just builds us up as a, a team because you have a couple of the best guys in the world yeah. that are you know still competing against each other yeah. but they're on the same team yeah no absolutely that's that's one of those things when i thought about the dynamics when you got traded that was one of the coolest dynamics that I was excited to watch happen was kind of you and Jose of like who would get that champion round bull, you know, and who, you know, and all that. And so that's that's really cool to think about. What has what has the mentorship from Michael Gaffney and kind of the coaching? I know you haven't got to experience it for a full season, but even with JW Hart, for example, what have those two guys, those two legends of the sport, kind of poured into you and helped you throughout you know this this upcoming this past season in the utb that we're currently in like how did they help you you know with uh g-man he uh he's one of those he's pretty calm cool and collected all the time yeah and um he's not a world champion for no reason so he's a competitor yeah and uh he uh he likes seeing us you know try and compete with each other and uh i think that um J Dove has a toughness side to him and brings a tough aspect to it, and so if you uh, get G Man, that's kind of just calm, cool, and collected, relaxed kind of guy, and then you add J W, they both have helped me a lot in different areas just to improve my bull riding, and uh, you get both of them together, then uh, you pretty much got the whole package. Yeah, you got somebody that can, you know keep everything calm and cool when you need to and also somebody that's going to teach you how to try it and make you make you grit your teeth when you need to definitely definitely so this season you've had several top five finishes uh four victories on the utb back-to-back wins in la and arkansas what kind of growth have you seen this season you just mentioned kind of the the impact they've had and then going into the season you know what have you been able to carry over and you know and even just growth personally for you uh, you know i think i'm just uh been having a lot of fun this year uh i uh have started having fun having fun and uh i'm starting to get a little bit more consistent um it, i'm not just so one-sided bulls in my hand 
uh, or bulls away from my hand i'm you know it doesn't matter matter to me which way they're going yeah. i'm trying the same and uh i don't know i think it's just being on more bulls and yeah. more of the same of the higher caliber bulls yeah. that i'm just getting a better feel for everything yeah. um I've been trying all throughout this week to get that feel here at World Finals, but well, so it hasn't really quite worked out. Yeah, yeah. Well, it will. It will. So, you know, one thing I'm curious about, because I know that this was a big thing for me, and, uh, you know, I know you went through the teams. Your little girl's about to be two. Um, and we talked a little bit earlier about your family and what that's meant to you. How – how has that like we talked about the unconditional love that you kind of started to understand and like how does that play into your bull riding does it actually help you to know that there's something more important to you than than necessarily putting your hand in a bull rope like that you have that to kind of fall back to um and how does that help you in a season when it comes to like pressure and different things like that yeah you know i uh a lot of my success i if not all my success, I, uh, I'd like, like it's my family because, you know, like you were saying, there's something there still. Mm -hmm. I, uh, it's one of those, I, uh, if I buck off and stuff, it's like, okay, well, that's all right. And I'm not worried about it as much because you know what? I get to go see my wife. I go get, I get to go see my daughter, you know, everything's okay. And it, I think it's helped keep my head straight in that sense. And not getting too high or too low, because um, before I buck off and I'd dwell on it, and then I'd be irritated, and you know I didn't really have a reason besides bull riding, like to live for almost, or you know I didn't have anything to go back to. Yep. And now I'm just thankful that each time that I get out safely, I get to go back to my family and see my family. And I'm, I'm healthy, and yeah. I get to spend time with my family throughout the week. And then next thing you know, I forgot about everything that happened because yeah. I'm chasing Willow around or, <laughs> you know, doing my honeydews. Yep. And uh, then go to the bull riding and don't think about it and just yeah. go back and do what I know how and do my job. Yeah. No, and that's that's one of those things like, you know, you and I talked, I know we talked a long time ago. I think you were laid up with your shoulder injury. And, uh, we had talked a little bit about when you just had your little girl and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, it does, it changes your life, you know, it changes your perspective, which is sometimes a great thing for some people, depending on what they do. Um, so you mentioned, you know, getting on ranker stuff and being consistent and I got to get you to weigh in here. <laughs> the bull of the year race is coming down to legend and solo, riding solo. Uh, Blake Sharps and Cord McCoys. You've been on both of them. You've been successful on legend, right? Just or legend. Did, just yeah. legend. Okay. Um, and I know, I know last time we had you on, I think you had just gotten on solo. You made him look real good with a 47 bull score. But, uh, what is it about those two bulls since you've been on both of them and you've actually felt them like a lot more than most people? Because I know with Solo, you've at least taken him more than four or five seconds, which a lot of people don't. And with Legend, you've actually made the whistle. What is it about those two bulls 
and what do you like about them or why do you think what uh, handicap this race who do you think is the bull of the year <laughs> you know i've i've been on legend three times now and rode once um legend is super wild unpredictable and really showy yeah and uh i think solo has the same kind of factor as him um i've been on riding solo nine times and have not rode him once <laughs> i keep thinking that i would but i have not um maybe maybe i will eventually but that has not been the case yet but they solo is a super wild bull too yeah and i think uh those two bulls they've been able to handle the road because of how they are yeah and i think the more they get hauled the better they are yeah um they are just a type that can go up and down the road and they're going to be feeling the same and it doesn't matter how far they go they're gonna be you know in buck and shape and ready to rock and roll yeah they have it your best bulls in the world have a competitor side of them too yeah and their competitor side they might they not know you know solo doesn't know he's going against legend and legend doesn't know he's going against solo but they know they're going against bull rider and yeah. they're trying to win each and every time yeah and that's what makes a great bucking bull so when you come down championship sunday and you're in that top 12 and you have your pick if both of them are there who would you pick on the championship Sunday? Uh, I'd have to go with Legend. Yeah. Uh, or for Bull of the Year? Or no, no, no. I was for you. On, yeah. Get on. <laughs> yeah. I'd have to go with Legend. Yeah. Because, uh, like I said, nine times I haven't had the answer for Solo. Um, yeah. One out of three I've had it for Legend, so I might well, as well just try. Yeah, absolutely. No, there. so that's – one of the coolest things about you that I love is like you are aggressive. You go after rank ones. Like you said, you're building that consistency a little bit more and more, which is great. Um, but you know, let's talk about this year's world finals. So, you know, we're, it's coming to a close. Um, it's tight, tight race. I had Mason on Mason talked a little bit about that. You're riding on one wheel, basically. <laughs> yeah. Is that well, true? Yeah, so I uh, tore my PCL and my MCL um, a month or two ago. Yeah. Um, anyways, went to physical therapy and stuff and just kind of trying to get by with it right now and yeah. just going with it. And it's feeling a lot better. And yeah. Just, it, it's one of those, it's an injury that is something that really aggravates you while yeah. you're bull riding. Yeah. Because PCL is gotta, something gotta to use your legs. keep a hold of the bull and stuff. Yeah. And it's something that, you know, it's frustrating that I have yeah. to deal with it each and every ride. But it is what it is, and I have to just, you know, yeah. push through it. And Which I want our audience to make sure and know that Dalton does not – he does not accept excuses. Like, he will tell you he bucked off those bulls, period. I just wanted to bring it up because it is a fact. He's riding on one good wheel. Um, but again, you'll never hear him make excuses about it. So he's just answering my question I'm throwing out. So it may not have been the finals you wanted so far, right? Um, obviously, there's still time left. In these types of moments, like throughout this week, what or the week being the entire world finals, right? 
What do you learn about yourself in these moments? Uh, I think, you know, it's a mental game. Uh, you know, I haven't had the finals that I was hoping for. I haven't stayed on very many bulls. Um, just stayed on one. Um, and it's uh, mentally it kicks my ass. Yeah. Uh, but it's trying to pass, just get past that mental block and realize, you know, I'm here for a reason, yep. and it's all right, you know. Yep. Um, here the last couple of days, I've been pretty upset whenever I've gotten back to the camper and stuff and irritated at myself and just like, why can I not stay on? <laughs> and, uh, you know, but throughout the day, I remind myself, you know what, you're one of the best bull riders in the world. You didn't make it here by accident. No, nope. uh, absolutely. i uh, been trying to just clear my mind and just go do my job whenever yep comes up and um so i'm just gonna keep pushing at it and oh yeah this is how it's gonna be well i mean the fact of the matter is you've you're still you're still in this race you know you've chipped away you've had probably as far as standings wise it's one of your best seasons if not your absolute best and you just continue to get better you know and and i think that a big big part of this and a part of the game for you that i've known you quite a while I think figuring out that why and that purpose that we've talked about throughout this podcast with your family is like, it's huge. You know, the fact that you're able to like, you know, kind of compartmentalize and realize, Hey, I bucked off. It sucks, but there's, you know, next bull, next ride, you know, next opportunity, um, and not dwell. That's, that's tremendous. You know, um, when it comes to the injuries, um, and obviously you've got the injured knee, you've had shoulder issues in the past and, and all that. Like, what is the mentality for you when it comes to injuries and like working to get back? Mm, you know, I, I really am. I, I love the Lord and, uh, I trust that everything that happens is with a plan. Yes, sir. And, yeah. uh, sometimes that is hard. Yeah. Uh, but I know I have a strong foundation and i uh you know we pray each and every day and you know we we do stuff to just uh gain our relationship and strengthen our relationship you know with the lord yes, sir. and that's something that has you know kept me steadfast and has helped me mentally yeah. is because yeah sometimes it's awful it sucks you know not be, getting hurt, you know, like you'll be having, like I was having the best season I've had, sitting, I believe, second in the world, and then I had to be out for a month and a half because of this leg injury. But, you know, the Lord had a plan with that. Maybe I wasn't supposed to go. Maybe a plane would have crashed. Or, you know, yeah. who knows what, you know, and it might not even be anything like that. Maybe yeah. it was I needed to work on time with my family and spend time with my daughter and spend time with my wife. Yep. to help strengthen our relationship there. Yep. And uh, not I don't always know what it is yeah. that the Lord has planned, but he does. And so it just it's something that I look back on and I'm it's a I'm able to, you know, just be at peace with that yeah. because and focus on that. It's uh it's all in his hands and it's going to play out how he wants it to. Amen to that. Amen to that. So I know that you know the goal the goal in the job here is not done and i know you're amped and ready to get back into it on the last day of the event and you know just see where the chips fall 
but what are what are plans and goals for you moving forward, even beyond this World Finals? What are some things that you want to achieve, especially now? You know, the last time I know we talked a lot about gold buckles and different things like that, but now there's the teams, now there's your family, different things. What what kind of goals and plans do you have for yourself? Uh, you know, I uh, goal is, like you said, gold buckle. I want to win the world. Um, I, I, uh, I've really gotten into bucking uh, bulls and stuff. And yeah. I uh, just got a place, and I'm uh, ready to – be kicking off with that on yeah. all cylinders and uh you know it's uh i'm trying to just uh not so much a retirement plan yeah but something that i can just after set bull yourself riding, up. Yeah. that i'm not all about bull riding and then i have to retire and i'm like now what do i do with my yeah. life no that's and smart i uh i'm one of those i want to be the best that i can be and so uh, I know my bull riding hasn't been just an overnight deal. And so I'm working on, you know, my stuff afterwards right now. So, you know, y- you go through the growing pains and maybe I can get the growing pains out of the way yeah. by the time that I retire. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so that's something solidified when you get done. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, you know, I just look and try and fi- figure out what's best for my family and yeah. myself and, that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at right now. That's awesome, man. Um, well, we got quite a few fan questions, so we're going to go ahead and jump into those if you're good with that, man. Let's do it. All right. Okay. So your quest for greatness. I know you talked about your dad, but we'll just we'll give a different answer. This question's from Blake Cody. It says, "Your quest for greatness. Who is someone you look up to?" And I know you you've talked about your dad. We talked a little bit about Riley. But maybe give us somebody that the audience hadn't heard yet that you look up to. Uh, you know, like with me wanting to do bucking bulls, I, it's hard not to look up to HD. Oh yeah, and, that's uh, a good one. Yeah, HD Page and uh, they they have the best bucking bulls in the world, and yep. it doesn't matter whose herd you look at, something goes back to their breeding. Exactly. And yeah. with me wanting to raise bucking bulls, it'd be pretty cool if you know I was able to do that. Yeah. Or at least, you know, start a legacy where my family was able to do that. So. Yeah, for sure, man. So, Kane asks, best advice for a younger, taller bull rider? Which you're pretty tall. You hang out with Riley, and Riley's real tall. <laughs> so, what advice do you have for a taller bull rider? Uh, it's not so much. You got to make smaller moves. Smaller uh, moves. Smaller moves as a tall, taller bull rider. Uh, Tanner Byrne was a tall bull rider, yeah. and uh, he, uh, you know, it looked pretty awkward, and but he made small small moves, and it worked. Same with Cody Teal. You can't get away with with what Jose gets away with. Yeah. You know, you got to figure out what works for you, and just if it's what you love, just keep going at it. Heck, yeah. Um, Kane actually asked quite a few questions. Another one he asked is how many practice bulls did you get on as a young bull rider? I don't even have a number on how many <laughs> practice bulls I got on. Yeah, I because uh, lo- you do I you love- still get on practice bulls? Yeah, uh, not Every as once not as much. Yeah. now. Um, after this here World Finals, I'm going to be getting on some practice bulls, <laughs> but uh, not as much as I used to. Yeah. But I used to get on probably 
six, seven bowls a week. Yeah. Easy. Okay. Yeah. All right. Kane asked also, what is your mental strategy outside of the arena? Uh, I'm one of those. I try not to think about, you know, if I bucked off. Uh, try to think about my rides and stuff and try not to think about bucking off. And I stay busy with doing other things. And it keeps my mind off of that. Yeah. Um, another question is, what what do you do for workout that's bull riding specific? Like, you know, doesn't necessarily mean you have to be hitting the gym, but, like, is there stretching or particular things that you do physically that help with your bull riding? Um, I'm not really a working out kind of person. I, uh, you know, I'm outside every day working. Um, I am constantly, you know – helping with bucking bulls yep. and I think being around bulls and engulfing yourself in it helps you you know with just kind of learning how they move and just different things like that but yeah. um I just stay busy I ride horses I rope I do everything yeah. you know I can do horseback or footback whatever and I'm not a working out <laughs> type yeah for sure um Dallas asks tips on improving your mental game. Be mentally tough. No. <laughs> uh, Make the decision you're tough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tell yourself you can. Um, I think just not not overthinking things. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the main thing. Yeah. Bull riding's very mental. Don't yeah. overthink things. Um, let's see here. All right. So Riley asks. And this isn't Riley Sanford. <laughs> but it says, if he wasn't riding bulls, what would he be doing? I'd be a stock contractor. I'd be raising calves for, for charities and hopefully big bulls. Yeah. And uh, I'd be a stock contractor. Heck yeah. Terry asks, do you ever come back home to mule shoe? Uh, I come every now and then um, to see my parents and let my daughter see my family and uh she uh, likes her lolly and pops quite a bit, so okay. we see them every now and then, uh, but not very often. Yeah, yeah. West Texas boy. Dalton, man, it's been great having you on the podcast again. Um, is there anything you'd like to say to your fans and fans of the sport of bull riding in general? You know, uh, I think the only thing I can say is I wouldn't be able to be where I am and I wouldn't be able to do this for a living to support me and my family if it wasn't for the fans. Uh, they're the ones that pay the bills. They're the ones that spend their hard work. You know, they work hard each and every week to get a check, and they spend their hard work money uh, to go to the bull ridings yeah. and spend money on tickets to come watch us, which is what brings money to our pockets. Yeah. And uh, if it wasn't for them none of this would be possible and I wouldn't be able to be sitting here right now and having this conversation. Absolutely. We wouldn't have an audience. No, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And again, thank you so much for being here. And again, thank you all for listening and the Lane Frost brand for sponsoring these podcasts for 2023. Without that support and y'all, we couldn't do what we love. Make sure and go to lanefrost.com for merch and all things Lane Frost, along with all of their social platforms. And remember to use the code TDT15 to save 15% on your orders. Also, shout out and thank you again to Don Stubbs in the brand room for allowing us to set up this entire PBR World Finals week. Dalton, 
What are your social handles, and where can people follow along with what all you have going on, man? Uh, all lowercase, Dalton Castle. Uh, and that's K-A-S-E-L. And that is correct. D-A-L-T-O-N-K-A-S-E-L. <laughs> Absolutely. I bet you can find me. <laughs> Absolutely. And also, follow along with us on social media at Tough Draw and at Tough Draw Talks for more episodes of our podcast as we continue to bring you all closer to the rodeo community. Until next time, everyone, enjoy the ride.